Welcome to Danny Houlihan's Irish Experience Podcast. Join Danny on a journey through the historical island of Ireland, its people and the wild Atlantic Way, which is Ireland's last frontier. Experience the music and the culture that makes up the longest coastal driving route in the world. Now, please welcome your host, Danny Houlihan. Welcome to the Wild Atlantic Way and Danny Houlihan's Irish Experience Show. I hope you're all keeping well and safe, my friends. In this podcast, which will be a first in many places I will visit, I will speak about local people, male and female, who were instrumental in their local areas and highlighted the plight of their people and the harsh treatment they suffered at the hands of the so-called landlords or occupiers. My native place, once again, I use as a template for this episode, which will benchmark my research using available information, oral and written, also by media of the day, which was recorded in old faded newspapers of the time. This gives us all an insight into times past. When I was a young boy here in Ballybonion, There were many stories and tales related to me. I was very lucky, as I had a vast amount of history passed on to me by my late parents and indeed a few old cousins like the late Matty Leahy and others who gave me a great insight to the area I live in. This handed-down history can apply to many places in Ireland and many people who were prominent in their communities long ago who are now long since forgotten. A story that was related to me many years ago about a famous parish priest in Ballybunion, Father Mortimer O'Connor, patriot and champion of the people, who lived in this area during the 1800s, known to all his parishioners affectionately as Father Marty. I first came across Father Mortimer O'Connor when I was researching the history of Mary O'Malley Young, founder of St. John's Church in Ballybunion, North Kerry. In our local history, it has been handed down through generations through generations that on the day of the opening of St. John's Church, an old priest, dressed in his ceremonial garments, slowly made his way from the sacristy, went to the pulpit and addressed the local congregation, like Moses, with the Ten Commandments. This fascinated me. Later I came across the story of the priest and the landlord George Hewson. This is where our story starts, finishes, and believe it or not, recommences later. Indeed, this story opens up a past and a unique history of people now long since forgotten, and events consigned to a closed book, which many say, and have related to Danny, should not be spoken of, leave well enough alone. As a historian, researching local history, it is relevant to highlight and discuss these taboo parts of our local history so that the younger generation can fully understand the course of our local history and the people that were part of it and shaped it. Father Mortimer O'Connor was a native of the Brandonwell, Ardfert County, Kerry, Ireland. This was related to me many years ago by the late great Noel O'Connor, historian of Ballyduff, who gave me a great deal of his research about the famous Patriot Priest. This short episode is dedicated to Noel's memory, 
may he rest in peace. And I have to say, this is only just but a short taste of the history of Father Mortimer O'Connor, champion of the people. Father Mortimer O'Connor was ordained in the year of 1851 and had studied in Manu College, Dublin. After his education there, the priest held the position in Ballyhigh Parish, Killory Parish, as curate in July 1851. Later, he was moved to Dingle in October 1834. This is from the history we have gathered. The famous priest and his association with the plight of the tenant farmers of Ballybunion North Kerry made him a household legend and his ability to take on injustice in the local area of North Kerry at that time. In the month of February in the year of 1866, when the priest leaves the position in Dingle, he commences the position of parish priest of Ballybunnan in North Kerry and Lizelton. This position he held up to his death in 1897. Father Mortimer O'Connor left a legacy behind him, which today we can be proud of. As a local man, I'm proud of his work. For a man who cared for his people, and regardless of the power of the tyrannical landlordism and absentee landlords, took on the money and the might of those greedy people. He was Father Mortimer O'Connor, champion of the people. Long before any organisation had been founded in the countryside, such as the Irish National Land League, to protect the rights of the tenant farmers, Father O'Connor was very vocal in the plight of the small tenant farmers and their rights to own their land. They farmed and toiled day in, day out, indeed the sky above them. So strong was the crusading parish priest that he was mentioned in various newspapers of the time and periodicals and was not afraid to speak his mind on the pending Land Act of 1870. And in time, Father Mortimer O'Connor's name would be associated with the Land Act and the Bright Clauses and the plight of the poor tenant farmers of the area of Ballier, Kilehenna, and beyond his jurisdiction. I break from this just a moment. Everyone should remember when Father Mortimer was in Dingle and other places, he would have gathered all the knowledge from his people what had happened around those areas and had first-hand witnessed evictions and the people dying of hunger at the hands of the greedy landlords. When he arrived in Ballybunion Parish, Father Mortimer would have had all the knowledge of what transpired in the area of Ballyay, Killehenna and Ballybunion and the surrounding countryside of the mass evictions and exterminations that were inflicted on the people of the area culminating in the mass exodus of thousands of people and the annihilation of the culture and the native Irish language. It was in Ballybunion Father Mortimer O'Connor tested the might of the landlords on several occasions and won. The truth, they were in fear of the man, and he used his influence for the advancement of his people in the North Kerry area and Ireland, the Harrink Estate. Samuel Hussey, a landlord, bought the Harrink estate in Ballyhee and Ballybunnan after Henry Benjamin Harring's debt, who was another absentee landlord from London. This estate was put on the market for sale. Prior to this, George Hewson of Innesmore and Goodman Gentleman were acting as agents for the estate, and it has been handed down through the years from generation to generation, both had an interest in the particular part of ground. 
It has been stated that the estate was estimated in the 1870s 5,879 acres, which comprised of the area of Ballyea, Ballybunion, and indeed the foreshore near Ballybunion, and the Ballyea Strand, and also the greater portion of the present Ballybunion as we know it today. Benjamin Harring was an absentee landlord, as I stated, from London, who earlier in his time purchased the estate which incorporated a large part of Ballyea and part of the old village of Ballybunion. 879 acres, approximately, that's what we've been told. From the Lord Kerry's estate, whose estate was being sold off in parts by the then Lord of Kerry in the late 1700s and 1800s. This information is sourced from various documents, but I stress it's open to interpretation as well as the dates. Samuel Hussey purchased the lands of Ballyee to sell it again when the prices rose, but he didn't. When he saw this, he sold off more land to other landlords, disregarding the local small tenant farmers of the area, as they were called at the time peasant farmers of Ballyee. In turn, they were not even given a chance to purchase their holdings. Hussey still had more land in the area. This alarmed the parish priest, Father Mortimer O'Connor. In 1881, the priest related the conditions of the area. From the documents, we have a few quotations. Quote, A large police force has been sent down from Dublin and an iron hut has been erected for their accommodation. Unquote. This source was taken from newspapers of the time, which I have seen. Now the area, still to this day, is known as Barracks Village on the outskirts of the town, which takes the name from this, as you turn off for Ballybunnan Golf Club on the Ballybunnan Ballyduff Road. In the Ballybunnan area at that time, there were huge grain sheds, which combined were full to the roof with grain. This was related to me years ago. Thus the need for military protection. Another quote from Father O'Connor. It is admitted on all hands that the peasantry proprietary is the true solution to the Irish land question. Unquote. In the history of the Ballybunnan area, it has been handed down over the years that Father Mortimer O'Connor and 51 of the local tenant farmers in the area were invited to the land estate courts in Dublin to make a bid for their small holdings. Regardless of the efforts of the tenants, even increasing their bid, the Harrink estate was handed over to Hussey, who was buying it, as I stated before, just as a speculator. Legal action was now to follow. The tenants were successful in the first court instance, according to local history passed down through the years to us. Hussey then took a case and went to the Court of Appeal and won his case. Now the tenants were left with one avenue, which was the House of Lords, which again they were defeated, resulting in a costly legal bill which had mounted up. The poor small tenant farmers had no resources or could not pay for the high fees. The parish priest collected as much money as he could locally, but the cost exceeded what he had collected. Many say a few thousand pounds. Big money in those days. In order to cover the large legal expenses from the case, the Ballybunham priest, Father Marty, decided not to burden the Irish countryside for money, but seek help from his Irish community in the United States of America. That he did, and the Irish in America responded to his call for help. Father Mortimer O'Connor's speech to the Irish National Land League again 
we have a few words from the late parish priest. I will quote just a section and a taste of what he said. As I've stated from the start, I'm indebted to the late Noel O'Connor Validoff who supplied me with these few blocks and quotations and he did insist I focus on the relevant blocks for clarity. Quote, Those entrusted with the government of these realms sent out an army not to fight an enemy but to enable greedy and exacting landlords to exterminate their rack-rented tenants who are old inhabitants of the land. Unquote. Quote, A sale of no less than 14 farms under the sheriff's execution order were sold. Father Mortimer O'Connor related, They were parishioners of mine, he stated. I live among the people. I know them. Unquote. Father Mortimer O'Connor was so well liked within the Irish countryside that he was asked to chair the weekly meeting of the Irish National Land League in Dublin, we've been told. An honour it was for him and he was given due respect by all. In June 1881, Father Mortimer O'Connor had to take the long sea voyage, like St. Brendan, to spread the word for his flock. Before he left, he made many, many speeches and visited several places before he embarked on his epic long voyage to the United States of America. Father Mortimer O'Connor leaves Ballybunion on his mission on the 20th of June 1881 on horse and trap. As the Lartigue monorail to Listol was not constructed at that time, it would be over seven years later it would be constructed. It would run from Listol to Ballybunion thanks to the priest who would promote the area and the idea of the use of a tramway from Ballybunion to Listol to enhance the area and the lives of its people. In Listol, he was greeted by an enthusiastic crowds, which included the local marching band, it has been stated in all newspapers of the time. Up to 5,000 people assembled in Listole to bid farewell to the priest. Many people, representing the Irish National Land League, were there to show their support. In the county town of Tralee, the town commissioners met the famous priest prior to his voyage and it has been said and handed down locally, we have it here in our local community, it was at Benner's Hotel in Tralee. It was there, at Benner's Hotel in Tralee, Father Mortimer O'Connor left with words of encouragement from the town of Tralee. Later on in the day, Father O'Connor arrived in Killarney and again to the sound of brass bands welcomed the man. After more speeches and more encouragement given to the priest, Father Mortimer set off by train to County Cork. From the old faded newspapers of the day, we have a few words spoken by the famous parish priest of Ballybunion and the climate of the country surrounding his visit to County Cork. Now his full speech in County Cork, I have it on record, and due to time constraints in the podcast, I'll deal with it fully in another episode. But all that I can say is that Cork people gave Father Mortimer O'Connor a great welcome, and he was well received. Before he embarked on his epic voyage to the United States of America, the crusading Ballybunham parish priest said these words, quote, We want the land that bore us. We'll make that cry our chorus. We'll have it yet, though hard to get, be the heavens bending o'er us, unquote. Father Mortimer O'Connor arrives in the United States of America and he meets the newspapers one of which was the New York Star newspaper in 1881. The source for this is Kerry Sentinel, 19th of July, 1881. And the words we have of Father Mortimer O'Connor in the United States are, quote, when asked about the state of the country, he replied, quote, 
A stranger arriving there would think that the country is in a state of war, unquote. While in the United States of America, the priest mentioned that he had founded a local branch of the Irish National Land League in Ballybunion and was his president and leader, commenting that while the organisation was under his control, local violence and disorder was non-existent. The famous priest travelled to many places in the United States of America and was given great hospitality and encouragement and funding to pay off the debts, which he did. I have to say we have no account of what was raised in America, but it has been said was in the thousands. I will keep a lookout for more information on this, and in due course I will update the podcast. One famous story told of the crusading parish priest was in 1879, when Father Mortimer O'Connor was in residence on Cliff Road, Ballybunion. One Sunday morning, Father O'Connor was late for Mass in Dune Church. He left his house in Cliff Road after tackling his pony in the nearby stable next to his house. Quickly, Father Mortimer left in a hurry and proceeded along Cliff Road with the views of the Shannon Estuary in full view until he came to the closed gate locked near the Salmon Lodge. The priest looked at the gate with a frown it has been stated and jumped from his trap as he was in a hurry, seized the gate in his hands which would not open but was locked under the orders of a local landlord. It should be noted the area was occupied by landed gentry so no locals were permitted at that time to enter or walk on Cliff Road. Father Mortimer O'Connor, not having any of this, grabbed the gate with all of his might and pulled it from the position from the pillar. With one lift over his head, like a weightlifter, through the gate over the cliffs to the Glen Road below. Needless to say, the landlord did not lock the gate ever again. In fact, the gate was never replaced. Father Mortimer won the day. The landlord walked away from this period. However, the landlord later moved again to shut off the rights of way on the famous Castle Green. According to our local history, he was in the process of selling the Castle Hotel and wanted to shut off the green completely. He failed again on this occasion. The priest took litigation to the courts, ensuring public rights of way on the Castle Green. The landlord in question was old George Hewson of Innesmore. This is well known locally in the Ballybunnan area, even to this day. Father Marty was instrumental in the bringing of the Order of Mercy Nuns to Ballybunion. Thanks also to Mary O'Malley Young, who provided the land for the school at that time. That was her home and residence. This enhanced the educational needs of the young people of the area. Even in his retirement, the famous parish priest played his role in the area, celebrating Mass in Dune Church, and later the newly opened St. John's. It has been said that he was a connoisseur of fine wine. Well, after years of battling the landlords, we all lifted glass to him. He deserved it. Now, I dig deeper and deeper into the few old documents I have. Can I find Father Mortimer O'Connor? Indeed, I can. O'Carroll Shop, August 18th, 1888. Fragment of an old ledger. We read on the 18th of August from a manuscript, as I said, from the old O'Carroll shop on Main Street, Ballybunion. Father O'Connor, one gallon of oil, which was costing the priest ten pence on the day. Also the priest, who was the second customer in the shop that morning, added to his shopping a dozen matches, which cost in 1888 six pence. Interesting local history facts. And there's more. Can we put any few local names who are now since gone in the shop at that time? Yes, we can. 
locals in the shop on that morning, which gives us a taste of the place with the parish priest present. Those locals were Mike Power, Ballybunion, purchased a quarter of spirits, two candles costing 11 pence, and Jay Sheehy, national teacher, a bottle of Jameson's whiskey and candles costing sixpence. The bottle of Jameson's whiskey cost three shillings and two pence. Also, a jazz hearty, Mohan, who got cash out of a ten-pound cheque, two pounds, eight shillings and nine pence. This is local history at its best. Just to give a taste of who was around the place in 1888 and who Father O'Connor would have met on the 21st, again he was on the shopping trail. And on that day, names who were there, we have a Mr. Tom Coughlin, Mr. Kennedy, Mick Collins Doon, Mr. Ormsby, who was a constable for the police force at that time, Edmund Harkin, a Mr. Madigan, a Jack Brennan of Lacca, Nora O'Carroll, Nell Connor, Lizzie Sullivan, Dean O'Brien, Bill Diggin. Constable Ormsby returns later for the police mess, for sugar, and William Sullivan. Within 24 hours, we track more names. A Johnny Connor, Atty McCarthy, Mr. Carrig, Kate Owen, just a taste of the names, some of which are not known in Ballybunnan today. A few surnames are still there. Most are gone. I would love to have been a fly on the wall on this morning, as some of the names were farmers in the area. What a conversation they must have had, knowing our famous parish priest. And it gets better. The old shop was a place for all to meet up. It was only on the 14th of August. George Hewson, landlord of Innesmore of the area, was in the shop, purchasing three bottles of lemonade. Obviously the weather was very hot indeed in Ballybunnan on that day. Also present that day was Father Mortimer O'Connor, who purchased a bottle of Jameson's whiskey, two shillings it cost him. Did they come face to face across the counter and eye each other up? We shall never know. Just a taste of my in-depth research. Again, it is just a taste. In relating the debt of the late father, Mortimer O'Connor of Ballybunion, I've consulted a source, the Kerry Sentinel newspaper, dated the 27th of July, 1898, which stated he was 79 years when he died. The champion of the people was very ill and, according to reports of the time, passed away on the 27th of July, 1898, at the age of 79. Father Mortimer O'Connor went down into history as the champion of the people in our Kerry after the long protracted fight against landlordism. He fought for the tenantry of the Harrink estate, who obtained their rights as proprietors of their holdings. This was a major achievement of the priest. Even in his dying days, the Ballybunham Parish priest did not walk away in his vigilance towards the direction of the local landlord, George Hewson, who died one year before Father Mortimer O'Connor in 1896. Even up to his dying hour, the crusading priest kept a watchful eye on the landed gentry in the area. What would come out of the woodwork, not a year or so after the priest's death, but another landlord named Hewson. Like Shylock for his pound of flesh from the tenants of the town of Ballybunion, again, with threatened evictions, once again, a local priest would rally the people once more to take on tyrannical landlordism. I will deal with this part of our local history in another episode which covers another time period. The priest was so well respected in Ballybunion. A grave was dug in the newly built St. John's Church. Mass for the dead was celebrated for the priest, with hundreds attending the Mass and ceremony. The champion of the people was then laid to rest 
within the confines of St. John's Church. Father O'Connor's impact on the rural family life of North Kerry was not forgotten about by his people, as we can read in the newspapers, which are now faded, of the date of the 17th of February 1906, seven years after the death of Father Mortimer. Plans were in motion to commemorate his memory with a lasting tribute. Father Mortimer was not forgotten in the minds and the hearts of the people who remembered the stormy politics of the 1870s and 80s and the clashes with the local landlords, amongst them George Hewson of Innesmore. I've stated earlier, with the closure of the Bally Strand and the attempt to close off rights away on the famous Castle Green. Collections were made around the countryside for the memorial for Father O'Connor, which was, according to the Kerry people, quote, a side altar to the Sacred Heart and a stained glass window with suitable inscriptions, unquote. Credits for all this hard work was given to the clergy, the people, and the parishes of Liselton and Ballybunion. Everything I've stated reflects the history of the man, from the available history we have to date, both oral and written. He cared for his people. If I may requote Father Mortimer O'Connor's words with a few additions to this day and time, we have the land that bore us, and the sky that's o'er us. We have it yet, it was so hard to get, be the heavens glorious o'er us. Again, like all my podcasts, this is just a taste, as I said before, due to time constraints, of the history surrounding this famous man. There will be more, and it will be updated when more information arrives on my desk. The local farmers are still on the land today, be their ancestors, and the locals and visitors can roam the famous Castle Green, unimpended by any landlord, thanks to Father Mortimer O'Connor. When visiting Ballybunion, why not pay a visit to St. John's Church in Ballybunion? The Patriot Priest, Champion of the People, Father Mortimer O'Connor, is buried there, on the left dial of the church, facing the first altar. To the left of this is the memorial erected to his memory. If you would like to support my research, which is ongoing, and podcast episodes, why not buy me a coffee? This will be used to update my research and equipment. I will give everyone who supports me a shout-out in my series. Just click on the link below to support me in any way, big or small. Thank you. That's buymeacoffee.com forward slash yxqdanny. I hope you've all enjoyed this episode. Thanks for listening, and I will see you next time. Slán. Bye. Thanks for listening to our show. Through its people, its heritage, and its rugged coastline, this is truly Danny Houlihan's Irish experience. Bye for now.